We want to welcome a special guest today, but he's not here right now because we're doing the intro, Evan. That is a fact, Scott. Yes. Yeah, we have yeah. Dr. Keith Scott on today. Dr. Keith Scott, tell him about a little, little vaccination. That's right. Some people might be sick of it, but based on the downloads, we did see a spike in people interested in the last COVID episode. Big spike. That's right. So we know it's a spike. topic that some people are sick of, they don't want to talk about it. Just ah, download and then delete it. Sick. Hey, yep. we need to see the download. But if you do want to know really good information about people in our area, doctor, an expert. An expert. People actually know what they're talking about. Yeah, he's a professor. He's the head of a whole bunch of stuff at LSU. Stuff and things. Yeah, because I can't remember exactly what it is. <laughs> he is a research scientist that yeah. has worked with COVID. He's had COVID. Epidemiologist. Hey, I said it right that time. So he is going to come and share some information with us about that and what's going on and give the best possible information we can share with you. He is literally the most highly educated person we've ever had in the podcast. He's been here twice, and this will make it thrice. Which also makes him, I think, the most recurring podcast guest. Yes. We're going to bring him back every six months. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. You can go back and listen to the past episodes with Dr. Keith Scott, give you an update where he is today. Thanks for listening. Make sure you did to subscribe and download wherever you're listening to podcasts. Please subscribe. Get one every week. Yay! Here's Dr. Keith Scott. Mm. Wow. <laughs> you like that? Uh, you like that? You never know what to expect, Scott. And I'm back. We're glad to have you back. It's been a while. It has been, but we're yeah. glad you're here. Well, I wasn't welcome. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, oh no. Actually, last week we had some ladies talking about COVID, and today we have a guy talking about COVID. Dr. Keith Scott. Hello? Hey, there we go. <laughs> there it is. I was waiting for applause. Nobody oh, applauded. oh, I, I, me either. We should have. should have burst into applause. Yay. So if you've been listening to the podcast since it started, you've been a frequent guest. You might be the most repeated guest now. Really? Oh have you been time, on here right? third, three times? My third time, I think. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Backstage of the podcast history. Wow. That's right. You were our first COVID guest. I think so. COVID-19 update. That's right. I don't know if it's, there it is. Oh, there it is. COVID-19. It's a really long update. And just like the real world, we started talking about the COVID podcast. It kind of went away this summer. And now it's back because yep. we need some more updates. And, and COVID's in back. In a different way. So first of all, let's just reintroduce. If somebody hasn't heard, what do you do? Tell us about you. You've known Justin a long time, unfortunately. I have. I'm professor of uh, medicine, surgery, and pediatrics at uh, LSU here in Shreveport. Wow. And I'm director of the clinical trials office um, now. Uh, so I direct a lot of the the clinical trials, both COVID and non-COVID, but uh, have been active in COVID research actually since the beginning, uh, a year ago, February, I think is wow. when I really started. And um, That's a know, lot to put on a business card. Yeah. But you <laughs> a know, lot more than me. But yeah. you know, one of the things I'm really proud of in our community, though, is how responsive our university was and how active and quickly we responded to this um, you know, this pandemic. And, you know, I, I think the community has a lot to be proud of. And I know early on, too, we were in some national studies. We were some I mean, big players, right? Y'all listed oh, we, off some. We, we still are the big players. Yeah. We're among the big players. Mm. Awesome. Because state of Louisiana right now, maybe not so good for not some great. national news. Well, but I, I didn't say our, our, yeah. <laughs> but there's some good things to celebrate. But no yeah. one wants to invite me to talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I can't imagine why. I don't either. Oh, man. So you are also a COVID survivor. I am. And um, survivor. what 
we now call a long hauler. Yeah. Uh, I had what's called Guillain-Barre, which is I lost function of my legs and arms. Oh, my gosh. Uh, twice. Uh, twice? Never thought I'd have to learn to walk again, but I did. And I'm actually, to this day, a year and three months out, still going to physical therapy twice a week. How long um, How long did it take you to – how long did you lose your your – your ability to walk, and then how long did it take you to get it back? About six months. Wow. And I've just gotten back. I started back to work um, actually around the first of the year and actually had to leave again because it all came back. Um, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, and so I had to go through a whole new therapy and diagnostics, and now I'm back and feeling pretty good. And You look good. Yeah, you yeah. look fantastic. You, well, that's what everyone tells me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's it's been a journey and so covid is not only a clinical issue with me it's become personal hmm. and and i think with that i've brought a new perspective to to a lot of people and saying you know you you say it's this or that or you know it's political or that you know to me it's 100% real hmm. and it doesn't matter what your thoughts are this is what not only i had to live through but my family had to live through yeah and so it's very personal. Because mm. early on, right, you were living in a camper in your backyard? Yeah. So yeah. Just to protect your family and not. Well, my wife has leukemia. And so I didn't want to risk her. And I was working in the COVID unit. In fact, I admitted the first patient with COVID at LSU. Mm. Wow. And uh, maybe where I got it, I don't know. But uh, so about a month before that, I started living in the camper and stayed there until, gosh, probably three, four months, yeah, only to protect her. Right. So. So, because uh, I know you got COVID pretty early on, but didn't you get it twice? Uh, not COVID twice. I just got the re re repercussions of COVID Okay, symptoms. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew, okay, I couldn't remember that. Yeah, because I know you yeah. got it pretty early on. You went back to work, everything was fine, and then all of a sudden, boom. Woke up one morning, and I was in the camper, and I realized, I don't think I can sit up. And then I realized I can't walk to the bathroom. And so I called my wife and I said, I don't know what's going on. I, you know, maybe, I don't know. I, I wasn't really sure and went to the hospital and, you know, the unit that I work in, they were taking care of me <laughs> and I'm yeah. directing them saying, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. <laughs> that's uh, that's got to be weird. Yeah, it was very weird. <laughs> Uh, the nurses liked it way too much, <laughs> poking me with needles and stuff. I wasn't really sure about that. I'm sorry. I'm just reminded of Family Guy when he, he had to do surgery, and they had a new surgeon, so he opened up, and they said, all right, now cut the blue one. He cut the blue one. He went out, and they brought him back and put it. All right, did the blue one kill me? All right, let's go to the green one. All right. <laughs> Practicing medicine, right? Right. Oh, man. So that's Wow, so you're, you're in the unit, mm -hmm. and they're having to take care of you. Yeah. That's and crazy. It, and in fact, I was getting uh, plasma exchange, and um, – I'm one of the two or three doctors up there that actually does plasma exchange and runs the machine. And uh, there's a picture of me actually adjusting my own machine. <laughs> wow! And uh, so it, but, it's been it's been a it's been a it's been a journey. But as a professor, so as someone who's looking at it and studying it, that has to give you a pretty good insight then on what this disease is really capable of. Yes, and it's given me. Um, not only personal, but also 
you know, a discernment of what's real and what's not real. Mm. And also because of all the people that have sent me letters and stuff, actually what's out there and a very good appreciation of the misinformation, disinformation and ignorance that's out there. And so my crusade now is to try to correct that and try to get people to come to reality and say, you know, this isn't a joke. This isn't political. This isn't blue red. You know, this is a virus. It doesn't care. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we have to, if we don't take it serious as a community, we're going to die as a community. And that's heavy and that's a strong term. But if you look at where we're at today, maybe you can just give us a status Mm -hmm. update of Louisiana. We're recording this early August. and Yeah, we're uh, per capita the highest in the nation. Uh, So per 100,000, we're about 20 times higher than the next state. Oh, my God. Which is Florida, which is 30 times higher than the next state. Um, Wow. So So we are. And if you want to ask me why, look at our vaccination rates. Hmm. And it's all come down to that. And Are we one of the lowest vaccination rates or not the lowest? If we're not the, we're one of the. Uh, we're at 30.6% completed, about 40% that are in the process. And I, I think I brought this up at uh, our earlier talk, but if you look at states that have much higher, like I said, Vermont, 82%, New Hampshire, Maine, all around that 80% mark, there are more cases in Caddo Parish than in Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine combined. The entire state. The entire wow. states of all three. <laughs> of all three. We had 30 times more deaths in Louisiana than those three states combined. So what's the holdup? Uh, I think misinformation. I think the worst thing that ever happened with this pandemic is Facebook. Mm. Um, the stupidity and the ignorance. Um, you know, that's... You have the right to say it, but you also have to realize your words have consequences. Mm. And if you decide that one person or one person decides because of your post not to get vaccinated and they infect four or five people and two of those three people died, you're responsible. And all you had to do was say, you know, don't disparage it. Just say, I don't know, but don't say it doesn't work or it's, you know, it's bad. You just, I mean, we're supposed to take care of each other, and we're not doing it this time. And I don't know why. Yeah. And as a church, we feel passionate about that. We're hosting a vaccination day, August 22nd. That's why we're bringing you guys on and trying to talk to experts, people that actually Mm -hmm. know what they're talking about. Because we filmed today, which will be available when? It'll be available when you're listening to this podcast. It should already be up on our YouTube channel, a long form, and you referenced to it. We had you and a couple other professionals in the area to come and try to help answer questions because there is misinformation. Yeah, and and not only do we have, like, Dr. Keith Scott, who's got a lot of, of degrees and a lot of knowledge, but we also the head of the state, he's over all of the vaccines state, Dr. Manchuri, who's on there. So, I mean, it's not like we're just pulling some random people. I mean, these are people who are highly educated, have a background in etymology. That's not the right Epidemiology. word. Epidemiology. Epidemiology. See, he knows. <laughs> Good thing. But yeah, yeah. These are not, these are smart people who don't have a political agenda. They're just there for our health. So that's who we're getting our information from, if you're curious. 
And we so, really did try yeah. to bring it because you guys are busy people. You have your own things, but we can yes. give access to the people who are on the front lines to be able to help answer right. those questions. And we're thankful for you and your time, everybody doing it, because the misinformation is so interesting. It, it is interesting and, and almost inexplicable why you would disparage something that everyone says works. You think and it's you fear? It's, it's Well, but, you know, I, I keep bringing into this process what are you afraid of? I mean, you know, they, I've heard microchips to nanoparticles. And my, the best meme I've ever seen on Facebook was <laughs> someone said, well, you know, they're giving me a microchip and they'll follow me. Go, Dude, they have your iPhone. They don't need a microchip in your brain, you know, to follow you. Absolutely. You know, um, well, it's like my parents didn't want to get an Amazon Alexa. I said, if you have a yeah, phone, they're listening to you they're, already. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, don't be ridiculous, but. It, the problem is it became too political, and then it stopped being a public health problem, and it became a political issue, and people started equating a virus with a political, uh, I guess, opinion. Yeah. And you can't treat a virus like a political opinion. This doesn't go away. It doesn't care. Red, blue, white, it doesn't care. Um, what I'm disappointed in mostly is that we've not pulled together as Americans hmm. because what has always made us great was pulling together. I mean, what made 9-11 so memorable was we, I mean, people stopped on their way home, you know, from work and stopped at a church and prayed. We got together. We didn't care. We were going to stand up for whatever. This is far more dire than that, 10 times more dire than that. And we're not standing together. And that's, very disheartening, very disappointing. And as a researcher, to say, you know, I've got to spend all this time and energy trying to convince people to do what is easy. Almost yeah. miraculous. And if we can talk to the vaccine for a minute, because the disinformation, yeah, how fast it was, somehow it's become a negative thing that people are like, oh, it's too fast, we can't trust it. Right. But it really is an incredible scientific breakthrough in the mRNA, the idea right. that it's something that's never been done before. It can be scary. Or when you look at it and understand it, it's really pretty impressive of what we were able to rally together and do to right. help people. And most people think it's a new technology. No, it's not. The technology of mRNA uh, pharmaceutical production has been around for 20 years. And uh, I think I said in the earlier broadcast that it's it's like a PlayStation. All right, now we're tracking. Scott, and, you're a PlayStation owner? Yeah. Yes, or, yes. but I don't use it you know, for incentive. But, you know, all, all they did was eject a game and put in a new game and made mm. the virus or, or the, the vaccine. That takes a bad name. Um, what's wonderful about that is the vaccine is just the mRNA. There's nothing else, mRNA and water. There's no preservative. There's nothing else in it, which is why it has to be kept so cold. What does mRNA stand for? Uh, it's micro... Uh, RNA, which is uh, ribonucleic acid, which is mm. actually when you're, say you're. Um, I like that you're trying to think really hard to dump yeah. this down for yes. so we can But I say it. your <laughs> DNA opens up and it wants to create a protein. I can actually see that in my yeah. head. So something has to read it. So these RNA are, are kind of like transcriptionist. Huh, kind of like a. Yeah. So the, the DNA is the, the person dictating. And the RNA is just taking, you know, being a court reporter. It then runs out of the room, which runs out of the nucleus, and goes to the ribosome, which is what makes protein. 
and inserts itself and says, okay, translate this into paper. Huh. And that's all RNA does. So when you give an RNA virus, what it does is go into the cell, doesn't go into the nucleus, it just goes right to the RNA and says, hey, here, I got this transcript. Print it out. There you go. And it spews out this protein. The protein looks like the spike protein uh, of the virus. So your immune system says, I don't like it, and it builds immunity against it. That's all it does. So really, to dumb it down even further, and let me see if I'm right here. Okay, we'll have this is a good the test. doctor <laughs> check me. So it's kind of like the DNA is teaching a class. Right. And the class, the students in the class are the RA. RNA. Okay, <laughs> RNA, sorry, RNA. And so then the shot is kind of like they are giving the student new information and that new information then the student shares with the whole class so the whole class is aware of the new information so then so the virus then now like like so everybody knows like hey this is not good and so when the virus shows up they're like hey we already know about you we already know how to protect ourselves right. would that be correct that's absolutely correct <laughs> look but at that but the teacher never changes right right cuz the teacher's what, the dna right because the teacher's the dna Te teacher it's not affected at all. Yeah, he's just the history professor. He's just hanging out. <laughs> he's just telling me what he knows. And you said yeah. it's like an egg and an egg white and an egg yolk. Yeah, right? I, I think Van Cherry said that, and oh, I yeah. think that's very well said, is it never will get into the yolk. It'll always stay into the white area because it can't. Right. And actually, the body won't let it get in there. It's not supposed to be in there. It will start in there and exit, but it can't enter. Yeah, the professor lets it in the room, but it's not going to let him change. Right. There you go. <laughs> if I can get it. Anyone could get it. And you said it's not a new technology. I actually heard a podcast, uh, the New York Times, I think, where they talked to a doctor who'd been working on AIDS research using mRNA for 20-plus years, like yeah, you said. Yeah, it, it's 20, it's at least 20 years old. I think the uh, the two guys that actually kind of discovered mRNA, I think they got their Nobel Prize in the late 90s. Um, so that's always two or three years past the technology. So, yeah, it may even be more than 20, but at least wow. two decades plus. And so, then, like I said, we didn't invent, you know, the PlayStation. All we did was eject the game and swap put it, it in out. Yeah, just swapped it out. That's all it was. And Call the class up. And why, and why it became so mistrusted and say it wasn't tested it was actually false too. It's, it's probably the most tested vaccine since polio. Yeah, I was reading an article about that because I'm a subscriber to the Wall Street Journal. That's right. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But uh, yeah, because they were talking about this. This vaccine has been had more human trials than any vaccine before it. I think is what it said. Yeah, probably the only one that even rival it is is polio, and polio did it because there were two different vaccines, types of vaccines, and one was done in the U.S. and one was done in Russia. So you add those up, it's a lot of people. But in the U.S., it's probably the most uh, tested, and it's been done in a very rapid way. Um, unlike anything I've ever seen. And the other thing is people think, you know, well, it's, you know, it was just made and so it's not trusted. And like I said in the earlier broadcast, flu is made new every year. We don't test that. It's not tested before you get it. We have to make it new every year because we're trying to predict what strain is going to come, which is why some years it's 60% effective and other years it's 100%. Sometimes you guess right, sometimes you don't. This virus, we're at 92, 93%. It's pretty good. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Particularly when you figure that, like I said, MMR, which every kid has to get, can't go to school without it, is 70-something percent 
And plus, if we can go back to the polio vaccine, that's what, 100% effective? Well, it's been 100% effective only because uh, we've been persistent about it. Right, and, and, and we all got it. And I think there's, uh, I think the last I looked at it, I think there were three cases in the last year hmm. in somewhere in uh, Tibet or something that just hmm. was a non-vaccinated area. Um, you know, these things work, and they work because people agree to do it in you know, you have to get to that, and we talk about it as herd immunity, and it sounds bad, and I wish there was a better term, but we have to get to the point where we're all immune enough so it goes away. And if we look at the 1918, 1919 Spanish flu, which killed, what, 50 million people? The only way we got to herd immunity was there were anti-mask demonstrations, there were political people against it, all of that. 25 million people the following year died. The only way we got to herd immunity is they all died. Right. Hmm. That's not what we want to do. Right. <laughs> we don't want to have the unvaccinated die so that we have herd immunity. Just get the vaccine. Right, because it's all – you can sit here and say you're an anti-vaxxer and, and you're not going to wear your mask. You're not going to do that until it's your mother in the hospital or mm -hmm. your wife or your child or you. Mm -hmm. and then And that's something that obviously no one wants to happen. Because I think that's the issue is, is like, for instance, people that I know in my life, they're like, well, I don't know anybody that's gotten sick. I'm like, yet. But what happens when you, and, and two, to take the responsibility, because it also makes you look very selfish if you're going, well, I'm protect I don't want to do it. But my dad has a lot of health issues. If he gets it, it could kill him. And I don't want you to kill my dad. Right. I kind of like the guy. Yeah. And that's <laughs> why know? I say, you know, getting the vaccine, even if you say you know you're against it or all that but it's proven to prevent spread wouldn't you want to do that mm. as a community as a civic responsibility and we'll go to the as, next level as a christian as that a we're christian to the church i mean what what i mean there's nowhere in the bible that i know of that says you know make sure you take care of yourself and you know don't worry about your neighbor <laughs> don't uh, tread on me it's not yeah, biblical i no. i don't know where that is because you know the the greatest things that I've seen with during all of this is people very early uh, into the pandemic rolling up their sleeves saying, give it to me, I don't care. You know, if it kills 5% and I'm that 5%, you know what? If I save two or three other people, to me, that's God's mission for me. Mm. And this nonsense of, you know, well, if it's my time, it's my time. You know, but God gives you a brain. God, but, uh, yeah. God can inspire scientists just as well as pastors or you. And maybe, you know, the God thing is that you have to start trusting scientists. Because that almost sounds suicidal. If it's my time, it's my time. No, you have a choice. Yeah. And you're really not going to go yeah. to the hospital if you do get it? Yeah. Well, like, then like, you're going to let doctors change yeah. your time. Oh. Well, yeah. <laughs> my daughter gave a great analogy. She said, okay, well, let's all sit around with a pistol and let's play Russian roulette. Your time, it's your time. Yeah. <laughs> Really? <laughs> Unnecessary that, risk. Yeah. Exactly. Is that what we want to do? Yeah. Uh, That's like and the other thing that just it, it's it irks me a lot is the people that make it so selfish and don't realize that I got sick because of someone else. Hmm. And the six point four point six million people that have died across the, the world, someone gave it to them. Wow. It wasn't innately attracted. Uh, 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 I mean, they didn't just 
wake up one day and the virus hit them. <laughs> they got it from somewhere, someone else. And that might not ever know that they that passed it. They didn't right? know they passed it. And so you don't know who you're killing. And so these people that keep saying, you know, well, it's not me. And you don't know what you're doing. You don't know who you're hurting. And you know what? You give it to me. Maybe I don't get sick, but I give it to your dad and he does and dies. You, you're the killer. Hmm. That's so, why. That's the whole reason why I got the vaccine as soon as I could. Yeah, me too. I mean, uh, like I said, I, I didn't care if there was a problem or not. I wasn't going to bring it home to my family. Um, if I hurt, got hurt or got sick, oh well. But for protecting my family or my fellow man, it was worth it. And it is worth it. I think so. We agree. I would hope so. And maybe y'all can explain why it's become so selfish. Well, I think that's, I think personally, and this is just my personal view, does not view the, does not reflect the view of the church, Simple Church, any subsidiaries. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I think, I think it's inherently American. I think as Americans, we have always, you know, and it goes back to I'm going to do what I'm going to do when I want to do it. And I think this is the first time in a long time that we as a nation have been challenged with, okay, that's great and all, but we really need everybody to get on board on this. Mm -hmm. And plus, too, I think, and once again, this is just my opinion, uh, definitely in the Christian world, especially, and within the church world, uh, there is a big part of what you can do for me, not so much what I can do for you. I like to come in. I like to have my little cup of coffee. I like to sit in my pew in the same spot every Sunday, listen to my sermon, and leave and get my little bit of Jesus because it's all about me and getting my heart right. It's not about what I can do for somebody else. Un- so, unfortunately, you're, you're very right. Yeah. So I think, and I think yeah. that's where it comes from. So now all of a sudden, all that's being challenged because yeah. now you're saying, okay, that's great and all. But I really need you to do this not for you. I need you to do it for somebody else. And I think, too, you got that. Plus, then you add in the fear factor. Because I think, like I was talking to somebody earlier today, okay, you don't want to get the vaccine? Then let's take a field trip to the COVID unit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go, but then, go see it. And how many, and, and when I asked about that, too, there was a group of men. Guess how many of them were willing to do it? Zero. Zero. You don't want to get the vaccine, but you're not going to take a field trip to the COVID unit? That means you fear it. Right. So why wouldn't you want to get something to protect yourself from it? Sorry, I got a little passionate there. Yeah, no, it's, and that, we need passion. And we need people to be passionate about this because there's so many people that are so dismissive. Um, What people don't realize is when they say, you know, I have the right not to wear a mask. I have the right not to get the vaccine. In that same breath, you're also saying, I have the right to infect you. Hmm. I have the right to kill you. Well, if that's our mentality anymore, then why do we have drunk driving laws? Don't you have the right to drive as drunk as you want? And the odds say you'll make it home, that you won't be affected. 90% 90 of the time, you're going to make it home. You know, 99% maybe. But you know what? It. I mean, that's what I don't understand. You know, they say, well, it's not 100%. Well, seatbelts on 100 percent. They're going to save more than they're going to kill. You know, we have child seats laws. Why? Because it saves more kids. Right. And so this thing that I have this freedom to do this, I'm not sure the Constitution actually guarantees that because the Constitution says we guarantee your rights as long as they don't infringe on others. 
Hmm. Well, if you're not, you know, if that's your right not to do this or not to do that, yet you're putting me in danger or my family in danger, do you really have that right? Yeah, like walking around with a loaded gun to shoot people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe you have that right, but, you know, there was a great landmark case in the, you know, 1920s uh, at the Supreme Court where it said, you know, freedom of speech doesn't mean you can stand up in a crowded theater and yell fire. Hmm. And that's the same with this is, you know, yes, maybe you have that right, but I'm not sure you actually do have that right. There but has you, to be a line somewhere. Yeah. There has to be a line yeah. somewhere. And I think what what the the next class warfare, and unfortunately it's going to be this way, is the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. And we're already starting to see that. My own family. I mean, there are people in our family we don't talk to anymore because of their beliefs and their out there conspiracy theories. We just can't talk to them anymore. And that's, a, and that's tragic. And it's over a simple virus that a simple vaccine would cure, yet they're willing to, to sever relationships with people they've had for 50 years. Wow. And I don't understand that, but it's happened everywhere. Um, uh, my daughter-in-law, ha- she's having that fight with her family right now, um, all because, you know, it's just, you know, they think you're stupid and you <laughs> think they're stupid and, you know, you're wrong, you're right. And how many we, we the, can't disagree anymore. How many of them are doctors? <laughs> uh, fortunately, zero. Okay, yeah. So I feel like, and this goes back to the information <laughs> of what you trust, it's the disinformation it's fighting against. That's why we have you on here. You don't have an agenda. You aren't nope. being, you're not a paid actor. Nope. You're not with the deep state. Nope. Paid actor. It's right. Uh, yeah, I'm not with the deep state. Uh, yeah. Even if you were, I guess you couldn't tell us. But we no. don't think you are because no. you're serving no. our community. You've given your life to this. Right. You've experienced it yourself. Mm-hmm. And you are the exact kind of person we want to bring on to share what you have to say because you can't have this conversation with hundreds of thousands of people yeah. in Freeport Bossier. And right. also, because I want to add to that, how much money do you make off the virus? How much money do you make off the vaccine? I'm sorry. Oh, zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, exactly. And because that was, that was another thing that you know we yeah. heard that doctors make more, you know, taking care of COVID patients. No, we do not. Yeah, now, hospitals get hospitals get paid more, but they should because the equipment and the resources that are necessary to take care of a COVID patient are twice as much as any other patient. Hmm. But physicians don't get any more. Yeah, I take care of you as a heart attack or you as COVID. I get the same money. I don't care. Yeah, because see, that's uh, I know a particular person in my mind that that's where his problem is. He's like, well, all these doctors are making the money, like, or the well, pharmaceutical. Yeah, company. yeah. I'm like, well, my doctor isn't. Doctor Jason Milligan isn't. So I've heard, and maybe speak to this of, well, it's just like the flu. It's going to change. They're just doing vaccines now. It's going to change again next time, and they just want the money now. You don't need to get it. You might as well just wait and get the vaccine. What would you say to somebody that said that? I don't know where that would come from uh, because Stupid. You, yeah, <laughs> but you know, is Pfizer making money? Sure. Is Johnson Johnson and, and uh, AstraZeneca, maybe not them as much, but Madeira. Yes. They're making money. Okay. You know, so is general motors. So is Exxon. And so is Walmart. So is target. I mean, they're not out there. To break even. They're a business. They're a business. And so, wouldn't and wouldn't you say they're using that that money to fund further research? 
They have to. Otherwise, they can't keep doing it. Yeah. Um, they have to fund it. If you look at probably the six latest articles on vaccinations and problems, they're all funded usually either by the NIH or that company. And they have to do it. They can't go to the FDA without doing that. So are they making money? Sure. But like I said, so is Walmart. Do you begrudge them? No. You know, do you begrudge Target? They provide a service. You get the stuff you need. You buy a shirt, do you begrudge them for making a dollar off of it? No. No. And, you know, it's it's just, I, I don't know where people's minds are right now. Because what I look at is just this complete lack of sympathy and empathy. And like I said, 4.6 million worldwide have died. And I have so many people that I talk to that have no empathy for that. Wow. 4.6. That's wiping out Louisiana and Mississippi. And they have absolutely no compassion about it. Well, you know, they were weak or, yeah, they must have had a problem or. They were going to get sick with something. They were going to get sick anyway. Yeah, well, it was. I mean, they were going to do that with a as if As if their life doesn't matter. As if they're not even human. Right. Wow. I mean, it's. I see it all the time. I mean, 620,000 Americans have died. And I see so little compassion and so little empathy for that on mm. social media. And I think as, you know, supposedly a Christian country, that's pretty sad. It's very sad. We should be the ones, you know, ringing the bell across the world saying, let's fix this, let's fix this, let's fix this. The Let's modern hospital this. system was pretty right. much founded by Christians who would go right. in to help take care of people that nobody else would take care of. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you look at big charity, big charity, that's Christian. Yeah. You look at most of the, like you said, almost all the hospitals, Florence Nightingale, you know, all of it was Christian based because they saw a need. And now suddenly, you know, it's political, it's not Christian. In fact, if you take the vaccine, maybe you're not Christian. It's the mark of the beast. Because you don't, you know, you don't believe or, you know, my biggest, most angry I get is, you know, faith over fear. Get angry. Well, like I said, I have, I've lost faith in a lot of people and I've lost faith in a lot of institutions. And I fear, my fear is that people are putting misinformation over science and putting stupidity over knowledge and more importantly, they're putting themselves over others. And I fear that this is going to be the blueprint for our future. And I hope that we have this opportunity as a community, Christian community, to get together and change it and say, no, we're going to redirect this. And we're not going to have this class warfare of vaccine and unvaccine. We're going to have people that want to help other people and people that don't. And, you know, let's do that as a Christian community. I hope. I don't know if it'll happen, but I hope. <laughs> I hope so, too. You gave a great analogy about a burning building, if you want to share that. Yeah, I, I was saying, you know, heroes, there are no heroes, you know, that save themselves from a fire. But if you're looking at a building and you hear people on fire that people are screaming, the heroes are the ones that run in and help other people. And getting a vaccine, to me, is running into the fire and helping other people. It's that, not a fireman a standing outside saying it's my right not go in that building. Yeah, it's not, well, I have the right not to go in the building. Yes, you do. You have that right not to go in that building, but that doesn't mean that's the right thing to do. Right. And I don't know anyone that would do that. Everyone, I think almost all of us would run into that building and try to help somebody. Yeah. 
Well, you would hope. You would hope. And that's all the vaccine is doing. You're running into that building to help other people. Mm-hmm. So we want to respect your time. We'll go on. I have two questions. We'll wrap up and okay. do the first one. So going back, though, to somebody that would say, well, now with the Delta variant, don't need the vaccine. It's going to change again anyway. They're just going to do a booster. It's going to do it. I shouldn't even do it now. What would you say to somebody that's saying that? Uh, a booster is a booster. It's not a vaccine. The vaccine starts the immune system. A booster, uh, like you get with tetanus, bolsters it. So if you just wait and then get the vaccine, maybe you've got it. Maybe you've spread it. Get it now. I mean, you look at hepatitis B. We have to get three rounds of shots to get immunity to hep B. That's all this is doing. It's just making sure you have enough immunity that you're not going to get it. So what if you get a booster? You know, another prick in the arm? I mean, is that the worst of it? I mean, we had a, a thing out at the century, old Century Tale. We were doing 10 shots a minute. Wow. That's how long it takes. So it didn't even take, you know, a, a tenth of your morning. One day. At the chance of saving somebody else's of saving life. saving someone's life. It's, I think it's such a small sacrifice for such a big impact. And, like, and I said in the early broadcast, if you look at states that have really pushed that limit uh, 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 in the vaccine to get that 80, 90% level, they almost have no cases. Like I said, there's more cases in Caddo Parish than in Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine combined. And wow. you can watch that full interview on YouTube. We'd yep. love for you to go check it out. But another thing but you said was 100% of the hospitalized patients are unvaccinated. 100%. 100%. 100%. So we had a breakthrough case in the office. Just talked about Brian Reed. Yeah. And you're starting to get people that are concerned that if you have the vaccine, you're going to get it. But you don't get sick. Right. <laughs> and if you, you'll, you'll get symptomatic, you know, you'll get a cold, flu like symptoms. Chances are you're not going to the hospital. And if you do go to the hospital, it's almost zero chance you're going to the ICU. Yep. Seems worth it right there. Yeah. Because yeah. Brian, Brian didn't probably would not have fared as well as he did because he did struggle, but he didn't have to go to the hospital. Yeah. So with what little bit he struggled with, had he not had the vaccine, there's a pretty good chance he would have ended up in the hospital. So I don't know if you know Sherry Hagerhelm. She was Mm -hmm. on a couple weeks ago. So she told the story about her family that six of them got it. She and her mom were the only ones vaccinated, and the other four, I think two ended up hospitalized. One was in critical condition, and they right. had the vaccine. And it's right. just in an anecdotal way. Yeah. And then the research backs it up. If you get the vaccine, you are much more statistically yeah. likely to not have a severe yeah. case. Uh, 88% of all hospitalized patients right now, as of this morning, across America are unvaccinated. Wow. That seems like a good gamble. <laughs> and almost, I think it's, it's way less than 1% are in the ICU. Most of those that are in ICU have another problem mm. that have created that. They have a heart problem or a transplant patient or a dialysis patient or something that, you know, just mitigates them to get sicker anyway, whether they have the flu or this. But the ones that are dying, almost all are unvaccinated. Wow. And what makes that so sad, um, you know, I was just reading, uh, you know, a mother – of three had to have her baby emergently C-sectioned and died. Yeah, that yeah. was that had COVID, was that right? here. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. my my uh, my lady friend Julie was there. She's a uh, OBGYN nurse. Right. And, she works on that unit. And you know, simple vaccination. 
And that and lady's that, that's sad. that lady's husband was in Lafayette in the ICU as well. Yeah. Hmm. And and it's funny because you know uh, there was a story. I don't. I think my wife told me about. It was a guy who's very anti-vaccinator and on social media telling how bad it was. Anyway, right before he got intubated into the ICU, his last text to his family was, should have got the vaccine. Mm. Wow. That's heavy. Yeah. So, you know, there's there are no uh, what are there, no atheists in foxholes. That's right. <laughs> so, That's right. Yeah. You know, so it, I, I just encourage everyone to get it. You know, the fear, okay, maybe there's a risk, but... What isn't a risk? And if it helps your fellow man, isn't it worth the risk? So let's just real quick recap. Using yeah. your professional medical opinion, is yeah. there anybody in any scenario that should not get the vaccine? No. If you're wanting to get pregnant? No. If get you're it. young, you don't think it's a matter. If you're a teenager? Get it. If you're elderly? Get it. Across the board, get it. <laughs> your get it. Get professional my, opinion. Uh, even very early into this, um, my daughter was, what, 20 weeks pregnant, and there was no dad on pregnancy. And it took me a while to convince her, and she got it, got the second dose, and she would have been that scenario of that lady that passed because same same age, same situation with family, um, and I just thank God she got it because that mm-hmm. could easily have been her. And did she take a chance? Of course she did. Did we know it was going to hurt her, harm her? Of course we didn't, but she also knew – this was the best chance she had. And you had a pretty good idea. I mean, there was a pretty I, I, good research. and Yeah, I, I knew better, right. but she didn't. Sure. And right. her family gave her a lot, of, a, a lot of hard time saying, you know, you did this and that was irresponsible. I said, no, it's the most responsible thing you can do. The most irresponsible thing to do is to not look at the data and not look at the numbers and believe social media. Wow. and not get a vaccine. That's what's irresponsible. And if you want to know more specifically about that, we had Amy Sanfran. She's a nurse yep. practitioner a couple episodes ago. You can go find that in the podcast yep. archives and talk about fertility specifically. So last question, and this one is my bias. I have a first grader. We're sending okay. her back to school in a couple of weeks. My wife and we have been trying to talk to her friends, and people are concerned. They're very upset about the mask mandate. We got invited to a join and protest Bossier Parish and not wear your masks, and they're going to bring film crews and do our rights. What would you say to mask for kids in schools, and what's your thoughts on all of that? And we can wrap up. I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous to put children in the middle of this. The kids are used to masks. It doesn't hurt them. It doesn't harm them. What, I mean, what is the downside of doing it? Because you don't want them to look good for their school pictures or what? I mean, what's the downside? Why would you argue against that? They're going to have psychological trauma, Dr. Scott. Oh, yeah. Well, what are they going to, you know... <laughs> Heck, I spanked my kid twice, and they have psychological <laughs> trauma, right? So I, I, have, I just don't have a lot of tolerance because, you know, they're not immune, particularly with this Delta virus. This is hitting kids much harder than we ever thought, and particularly the, in the uh, preceding variants. really didn't hit kids. This is hitting kids. And why would we take the risk? Not with our children. Because what we're doing is projecting our beliefs on our children, our thoughts and biases on our children. I guarantee you, a first grader doesn't care if he wears a mask, right? Yep. You make it cute. She adjusts. She's fine. Yeah. They'll wear it. 
in fact, I have to tell you a story. Um, uh, my son-in-law uh, had a lady that worked for him and worked for him for like 20 years or worked with a company for 20 years, known him his entire life, uh, just died of COVID at 52. And they were telling their son, who's six years old, you know, about, because he knew her as auntie and mm -hmm. knew her. And he goes, did she forget to wear her mask? Wow. And I said, a six-year-old got it. But none of those adults around <laughs> did. But he was like, she forget to wear her mask. Wow. And so how poignant is that? Yeah. And that's, that's heavy. all it takes. And just going back to caring about other people, too, and we can wind yeah. them down. Is that my wife taught for eight years mm -hmm. was a teacher. Oh, wow. What little does it say about caring for the teachers that are exactly some of them terrified going back yeah. and having to keep their job yeah. and to do it, that we would care more about our kids' inconvenience than protecting yeah. the other kids yeah. and the teachers and staff and people that are going into the schools to right. serve your kids to do that. And it's cloth on your face. Right. I mean, the kids wear glasses. Right, they, they adjust. Hearing aids. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, it's it's just it's, it's just, the stupidity is almost become ridiculous. And I hate to say it, but um, there are many times I'm very ashamed of my fellow citizen. Mm. My favorite comeback to the mass debate was online. All these people are talking about. Then a veteran chimed in and said, "I'm sure glad my surgeon was able to wear his mask while he repaired my leg for 12 hours after it got <laughs> blown off in Afghanistan." Yeah. And literally nobody posted anything else below her. Yeah. Like that was that and then below her yeah. nothing. Well, I have done that too with uh people that said, "Well, masks don't work." I said, "Really? If you were laying there and the surgeon came in the street clothes said, "Okay, we're about to start." Would you not get up and run out? Yeah. They work because <laughs> they work. <laughs> That's what you want. <laughs> yeah. And you can wrap up. You have a great story about the grocery store. I think it'd be a good point. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the, uh, I was in the grocery store, and I was social distancing and and had my mask on. The guy in front of me didn't, and he looked at me and said, you know, you're not going to catch anything from me. And I told him, I said, sir, I work 12 hours a day in the COVID ICU. I wear this mask to protect, you know, you from me. Hmm. And... He literally, I don't even know if he grabbed his groceries. He ran out so fast. <laughs> wow. It all changes. Yep. And we're glad you wear a mask. And if you had that attitude and didn't wear the mask, you would be spreading it to go to other people. Absolutely. And unknowingly, Absolutely. you don't yeah. know. Yep. Yep. It goes back to that. So thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank, thank you, you guys so much. And so much uh, thank you guys for doing this to help the community. Absolutely. We're trying to do good. We're trying to solve problems and do what we can. And we appreciate your time. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for listening to that episode, downloading and checking it out. That was a good episode. It was. If you were new to the he backstage. He was a little passionate. He was. It's a I real was thing. passionate, though, too, there. You did get fun. You had fun. Yeah, That's right. It was good. But wherever you're listening to this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Subscribe also, today. That should be our new jingle. 
Yes. That's right. But so give it a five-star review. Helps people to find it. Makes it easier to search for the Backstage with the Simple Church podcast. And if you're a new person, you tuned in, someone sent this to you, thank you. You can go back and go to the old archives. Go through any other episode. And whoever's listening in Germany and France, wow. Let us know. Yeah. It tells us where people have downloaded. My guess is it's an Air Force family or families. I say it's just some Germans that found us. Could be. The power of the internet. French. But if you were listening in a foreign country, we'd love to hear from you. The email is... Scott at TheSimpleChurch.tv With two T's. Or podcast at Scott at TheSimpleChurch.tv That's not right. (laughs) Podcast Scott at TheSimpleChurch.tv No, no, no. It's either Scott at TheSimpleChurch.tv or podcast at at TheSimpleChurch.tv It'll be a link in the show notes. We'll put a link in the show notes. (laughs) Thanks for downloading. Sorry about that. That's all right. Subscribe today.